You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia DeSouz. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope y'all are doing well. I am well. I feel like I am in a space where I am being challenged and I have so many opportunities for growth and I'm very grateful and appreciative. Sometimes I think we look at um, adversity or sometimes what could appear to be setbacks and we, we actually assign a negative connotation to them. But I was just sharing with my son that sometimes when you when it looks as if you're taking a step back, remember slingshots, they go back before they take off. And so what I find is that as my trajectory is shifting, the way that what I envision and the way that my prayers are being answered, it looks as if it could be adverse or less than desirable. But if I look at things through my spiritual lenses, I know that it really is just the the invitation and the opportunity to become who I need to be, to do and have the things that I'd like to have, if that makes sense to y'all. I've just really been thinking about these reflections as I pivot, and there's just some, some, some wisdom, some insights. You know how people say, what would you tell your younger self? Well, I don't know what I would tell my younger self, but I'll tell y'all because Listen, some of y'all just may need to hear this. So it's not necessarily business reflections only, but they're just life reflections because business is a part of life, right? One of the things that is really on my mind, let me just just, just park what I was saying before, is that I was looking at the statistics just today of Black-owned businesses and women-owned businesses I was particularly interested in the statistics of Black-owned and women-owned businesses that get to a million dollars in revenue. And while I couldn't readily find that, what I found was that 4.2% of women-owned businesses get to a million dollars in revenue, and that was as of 2021. So just imagine if only 4.2% of women-owned businesses get to a million dollars in revenue how much smaller the percentage is of Black-owned, women-owned businesses that get there, right? But what I recognize for myself is that I'm not designed to be a six-figure business. I'm thankful for a six-figure business, but that's that's not my design. There's more for me to contribute. There's more for me to become. There's more for me to offer. And so, You know, I'm thinking of reflections as I go on this million-dollar path, just some things that I am going to do differently, some things that I've learned. And now I'm back to what I was saying. I just wanted to share with y'all that statistic about million-dollar businesses. So let's see, what's the first thing that I want to share? One of the first things that I really think is very important, and I've probably said this on other podcasts, it's to have a crystal clear vision. 
Your goals might not always be clear. The roadmap to get to the vision might not always be clear, but a vision for your life. For me, business is just a part of my life, but a crystal clear vision. And the reason why it's so important is because life happens, things happen in life, and sometimes we lose our way. And so sometimes we we can get off track. But if you have a crystal clear vision, when you look at your vision again, it'll come right back into clear view. You can recalibrate and get back on track. And the other thing about the vision is the vision may involve many players. The players may change. The path may change. But the vision is the ultimate end goal, right? So I feel like I'm on a juicy discovery of just like with lots of twists and turns in it. But the vision, when I say the vision, is not just some grand thing that I've come up with myself. It's almost like an inner compass. It's this this thing that's impressed in my spirit. It's, it's a blueprint that's already been mapped out. And it's my job to unpack it and to discover it. So as I go within to find my vision, right? I don't just sit and just be like, oh, I want to do this great thing. I tap into myself because I personally believe that before I was here, there was a purpose for me And that vision is God's purpose for me, and it's important. And so I've just really been reconnecting to that vision, and I'm just like, okay. And so in reconnecting to the vision, I can look at my life and say, is this in support of this vision or no? And so if it's not, then okay, we need to make some decisions here. So Having a vision, refining the vision, looking at the vision, it becomes so, so important. And then goals and everything else support the vision. And if they don't, maybe they got to go. Here's another thing that is really, really important. Not waiting for other people. What do I mean by that? Probably one of the biggest mistakes that I've made in my life is when I wanted other people to come along with me, right? I was connected to them for whatever reason, or I had an affinity for them, and I wanted to invite them on the journey of my vision and have them go along with me. And in many instances, they they wanted to come. However, everybody is not meant to be on your journey, Some people are meant to be there short term. Some people aren't meant to be there at all. But it's up to you to be discerning enough to understand and to respect when people are not meant to be a part of your journey, especially as you transition, especially as you go higher, especially as you climb higher. But here's where I'm not going with that. You know, I can remember somebody told me this last week how Steve Harvey said, everybody can't go where you're going. And But it was almost like a negative connotation. It's almost like superiority. Like, I'm better than you because I'm going here and you can't come. Everybody can't go where you're going, maybe because they're not meant to. I can remember my guy God telling me about somebody that I was so close to. We were trying to do so many things together and they just wouldn't work. And God told me, you are on markedly different paths. And so I let it go. She's doing great things on her end of the world and I have my own path. But that was the end of that journey, right? And so it's not always, I'm better than you or you're better than me. And so you're not worthy to come along on this journey with me. Let's not let ego have us in a place where we we just don't need to be. It's not that everybody is not worthy. Some people are not meant. Some people are not ready. Some people are not 
ready and they may meet you at a different part of the journey, but don't you slow yourself down. Don't you slow yourself down on what it is that you have been given to do because the person or people that you desire to come along with you cannot or will not for whatever reason. Because what I found is that as you journey boldly forth in faith, God will always send the people to you that you need when you need them. And if they are not in your life, you're either not moving or you don't need who you think, right? And so what I've also found is that you are so much more capable than you think. And sometimes we want people around us because they are our crutches and they are a codependent excuse for our non-growth, right? So you don't always need who you need, but everybody, who you think you need, but everybody can't come along with you. Here's another one. Let's talk about expectations and how important it is to manage your expectations. I read somewhere that expectations are premeditated resentments. How often, how often do our expectations of other people ruin relationships? Do you know how many relationships I ruined because this is what I expected and this is what you should be doing? Listen, First of all, our expectations to people are not often communicated. Second of all, our expectations are not often coming from a pure place. Our expectations are coming from our preferences, our trauma, our hurts, and our expectations are usually one-sided, not considering the other person. And so you projecting and demanding people to be a certain way, to make you happy, to relieve the negative emotions that you may feel, that's probably not going to go so well. And, and I'm not just talking about business things. I'm also talking about in life. So managing your expectations People will show you who they genuinely are, and you get to decide how you respond to that. But if you need people to be so different to be in your life, then maybe you just need different people, right? There's a lot of pressure. Let's talk about that. So managing expectations, and then also another one, I'm just I'm just going off the top of my head, is forcing things or attempting to force things as opposed to flowing with things. When you are... Here's to all my control freaks. When you are attempting to exert a sense of control, the root of that is fear. The question to ask yourself is, what are you really afraid of? And so a lot of times we try to impose our will and impose our way onto relationships and onto people. And usually we experience the opposite of what it is that we desired in the first place. I know for me, when people are trying to impose something on me, whether it's an opinion, whether it is a way of doing something, a way of being, I usually put assert a strong boundary there. And it's usually not going to happen because what I do recognize for the most part is that it has nothing to do with me and it has everything to do with them and something that they desire or need. I've had people try to force relationships on me. How do you do you do you do you think a forced relationship feels good as opposed to allowing it to develop organically and mutually? Nope, nope, and nope. So if you are a person who has the need or you find yourself in spaces where you are trying to force things, I would invite you to work on allowing things to flow. But this goes to your vision. Everybody, let me put it this way. There are some people who can 
but they won't. Some people who can't. So whether somebody is unable to or unwilling to be in relationship with you, think the way you need to think, do whatever it is that's going to make you feel comfortable, hold fast to your vision and know that the right people will appear. But if you're holding on to something or someone, it's like trying to square a circle. It comes from a place of scarcity and you not believing that there is always more. You not believing that you have a vision, that you have a God-breathed vision, that you have a um, a God-inspired vision that you have God's DNA on the inside of you and you already have this blueprint inside of you and you don't believe any of that. And so you feel like you have to take it upon yourself to make things happen. And it usually just doesn't go so well when it involves other people. Nobody likes to feel forced. Nobody likes to feel manipulated. Nobody likes to feel control. Nobody likes to feel pressure. I am guilty of doing that. And times pass, but what I realize is that I don't like the feeling of that. I would much rather somebody be present in my life, in my business, because they choose to, not because I've forced them or tried to persuade or cajole is the word I'm trying to say, or convince, okay? So something else to think about. Let's see. Um, Another thing that I would say is having a willingness to start over, pivot. I'm in a space right now where I am making some pivots. I am making some pivots in my life and in my business. And so in many instances, that means like starting over. And so in some instances, that means taking some risks and where I built something one way and it got me to a place of comfort and a certain level of quote-unquote success, I know that there is more. And so there has to be a willingness in me to take some risks, to unlearn, to relearn, to pivot, to do something different, to see the thing that I desire now. On that note, my daughter was telling me about something. Y'all know I nerd out on new information called adaptive level phenomenon, adaptive level phenomenon. So look that up when you when you have a chance. But in essence, it's like you can have an experience, if you will, right? And that experience gets you to a certain level, right? This is not the way she described it. This is the way I read it. But that experience gets you to a certain level. But now... You get really used to the way things happen at this level and you adapt to things happening at that level. So now you need a different experience to move you, to invite you to a different level. And so if you're not constantly adapting, constantly responding to those experiences that invite you to grow and to adapt into new levels, I can promise you that you're experiencing being stagnant and stuck. Right. And a lot of times those experiences come to you in the form of risk. They come to you in the form of opportunity. They come to you in the form of things that stretch you. They come to the to you in the form of things that make you so deeply uncomfortable. However, those are often the and the way that your prayers are being answered and the way that your desires are being answered because it requires you to grow. God is always going to be inviting you to grow. I said in another podcast, we're either growing or dying. And so Whatever it is that you have that you're praying about, that you're, you know, meditating about, y'all have, you're levitating, y'all have different spiritual practices here. Whatever your thing is, I guarantee you it's going to require you adapting and growing. 
And so what do most people resist? Growth. Why is coaching a billion-dollar industry? Because most people don't want to grow. Remember the book, Think and Grow Rich? It wasn't about thinking. It was about growing. It's the growth that is the secret. It's the growth that's required for you to get to the place of riches, not thinking, right? We all think. We overthink. Our best thinking has gotten us right here. No, it's the growth. And so with this adaptive level phenomenon, there is there is something else that's required for you, you responding to something else to grow into another level. And if you're okay with where you are, that's fine as well. I'm just somebody that outwardly, It can look to people that I am doing just fine. And I could be doing just fine, meaning like no woes, no worries, no no stressors. I mean, just regular life stuff. But internally, my spirit will be saying like, there's more here. There's, there's, There's more for you to become. There's more for you to contribute. And it creates like a nagging discomfort on the inside of me that is that is almost unbearable. So it's not about greed. It's not about wanting more things. That has nothing to do with it. It's all about the fulfillment of my life's purpose and my life's mission. And so I'm at this uncomfortable place right now of this ain't it. This, this when I say this ain't it, I mean this this ain't all there is, right? There's there's more. And so all of the things I have a whiteboard in front of me. All of the things that are on my whiteboard, when I get back in for my appointments today, guess what? I'm going to wipe the board clean because I'm willing to pivot and I'm willing to start over. And here's the thing. The vision remains the same, but the route to the vision, it's like we're, re- we're rerouting. We're going, we're going a different direction than what you thought. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm here with it. Okay. These are just my reflections. The other thing that I would say is being the solution, being the solution. So I was really pondering something for about a week, right? I was pondering offering something to someone that was a solution to a problem that I knew that they had. And y'all know why I was pondering it so deeply because I was like, I don't want this person to think this or that I have an impure motive here or that this is like a dangling carrot if I offer this for you. I'm, I'm saying I'm going through all of this and so much so that I was about to be like, nah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. And so I said, you know what, instead of just giving in to my mind, right, which is conditioned. I, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. And while I was taking a bath, I heard in my spirit, be the solution. Be the solution. I said, bet. When I offer the solution, guess what? I don't, I have no, no, no power, nor do I need to or control over whether the person accepts the solution or not. All I need to do is be the solution. And so, so often we're, we're looking for solutions and we lose the we lose sight of the fact that we are solutions to other people and you know what i did i offered this solution to this person that it, it was our, it was nothing for me to do it right and you know what they were just like are are you serious like you would really do that right i would really do it and and the, and and i was hesitant to do it like i told y'all for the reasons before but 
I'm just like, I'm here to be a solution. I'm the answer to somebody's prayers, lots of people's prayers. I'm the somebody's praying for a miracle, and the power to answer that prayer is right within my hands. And so did, did Jesus walk the earth and be like, well, they sick. What if I heal them? They're going to be like, sometimes you can just get in your head with all kind of stuff, right? So anyway, I was just the solution in that area. I'm focused on, now I'm refocused on being the solution. Whether you take the solution or not that I'm offering, I, I don't I don't have to have control over that. And it's not a slight against me if you do or if you don't, right? But I'm telling y'all, I was I was all in my in my mind about this when that's what I'm here for. That's I'm blessed to be a blessing. I always tell y'all I'm a conduit, I'm a vessel. And I think sometimes people think that because I do this, because I'm always deeply um, into mindset that I still don't have mindset challenges. I absolutely do. And that was one of them. So I'm right back to being a solution. Okay. Um, That leads me to another one that is really important. I was just talking to my son about this. And master, I don't really like the word master because of its slave-like connotations, but, (laughs) but mastering your mind and your emotions, or I would say really strongly managing your mind and your emotions. Because just like in that situation, what if I hadn't offered the solution? What if this person was praying and praying and praying and they wouldn't have gotten this any other way? I'm I'm just saying, for example, right? But mastering your mind and mastering your emotions so that you're not allowing them to run your life and run your business and run your relationships. This is a huge one because do y'all know how many times I'm talking to people and people make rash decisions or people form snap judgments and form conclusions. And it's because their emotions are speaking to them. Your emotions are important, right? You should, I, I'm an advocate of feeling your feelings. Your emotions are important, but it does not mean that your emotions are factual. What you are feeling is not necessarily factual. It has everything to do with your experience. It has everything to do with your own hurts, your own experiences. And it is not necessarily factual. So just because you feel something strongly, just because you feel something passionately does not mean you are correct. And if you don't have a either somebody who can help you manage your emotions, a therapist, a coach before you make rash decisions, you will ruin or sabotage, I should say, lots of relationships in life and in business because you are making emotional decisions. One of the things that I practice is, you know what? Let me let me sit with this for a minute and let me think about it, especially when I feel something so strongly and I'm just like, okay, I feel like I need to defend or protect. And I know that my ego is kicking into place to prevent me from getting hurt or from X, Y, or Z. I need to sit with this for a second and think rationally and logically through something. Does that always work 100%? No, but it's like building the muscle. The more and more you do it, the more effective it becomes. And and for us, for, for ladies, a lot of times it's why we're looked at in many instances as weaker in business because we allow our emotions and our PMS and our flailing feelings to just run the show instead of just looking at the facts and making factual decisions or making logical and rational decisions. 
I believe that emotions are beautiful. Women can, can, can go the full spectrum of their emotions, but emotions have a place. And we also have to take accountability for the fact that a lot of us are not the most emotionally stable. I'm not saying this as a dig or as a jab, but I'm saying managing your emotions is really, really important, especially if you are a woman in business. Do y'all know there are certain women that I won't do business with? Because I can see how their business managed, how their how their business is run by their emotions. Do y'all know that there are certain women that when they want to work with me, I can see how their emotions have just really played a hand in the demise of everything that they're doing in business. And that's not going to be the best fit for me because you probably need a lot of therapy first, right? Now that brings me to the last part of this, and that is. It is really okay to change your mind or it is really okay to 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 pivot meaning um I told y'all at the beginning of this that I was going to pivot right but the kinds of clients and the way that I'm working with clients now is going to be different than the way that I've worked with clients over the last two years. Why? Because I'm different. I've grown into somebody different. I'm very clear on who I work well with. I'm also very clear on who I desire to work with and who I don't want to work with, and I have every right to do so, right? Now, before, in the beginning, I used to just be like, oh, they want to work with me, and so I'll work with them. Because again, my emotions were making my business, I was allowing my emotions to make my business decisions. But now, when I set certain criteria to say, this is who I do the best work with, do they meet this criteria? No, okay, then I'm not going to be the coach for them. And so I just wanted to share with y'all some of these reflections as I pivot, as I grow, as I go on a trajectory to a seven-figure business and seven-figure and beyond. And my son and I were talking, and a lot of people don't share their mistakes. A lot of people don't share their lessons learned until the, after they've gotten to a certain place. Listen, I will bring y'all along the journey with me and share it while I'm on the way, okay? Now, when I'll get there, I don't know. Will I let you know when I got there? I don't know. But that's where... I'm headed, okay? And um, I will continue to share lessons learned because as I'm growing, as I'm learning, as I'm unlearning and relearning, as I'm becoming a different person, a different, a better version of myself, you know, I'm hitting 50 this year, Letitia 5.0 is loading. I just wanted to share some of these things with you. So whether you can make application of these things in your your relationships and you just your regular life and your business life and your career or your work life is not just limited to the entrepreneur, right? Just take what works for you because these lessons, a lot of these lessons, um, I can share them now. I can share them with joy. I can share them with a smile. But some of these lessons had me on my face. Some of these lessons had me crying out to God. And so even to think that you know, some of my deepest heartbreaks, my deepest and ugliest seasons and traumas could lend themselves to help somebody else. I'm just forever grateful. So I will continue to share. That being said, I love each and every one of you. You know, I encourage you to think about the reflections in your own life. Take what you can from mine, but reflect on your own life and pivot where you need to as well. Uh, have a beautiful rest of your day.